Neil Sperry's Texas Gardening is presented by your North Texas Ace Hardware dealers. And that's not just one hour, but both hours. So stop in and tell them thanks. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And now, here's Neil. All right, Stewie, thank you very, very much. A couple things really quickly, and I need to get back to Al and McKinney. Uh, we have uh, two open lines. You are not hearing me. Hello? We have two open lines, 888-787-KLIF. I assume that there are people toward the end of an hour in radio who say, eh, he won't be there next hour. He's not going to He's not going to be there to answer my questions. I am here this hour. And so here we are at the top of the hour, beginning of the hour. And, uh, and, and yes, I'd love to hear from you. 888-787-KLIF. Let me do that in numbers. 888-787-5543. So call now, please. Let's fill up those last two lines. Only have three lines. I did that so you wouldn't have to wait so long. But that also means that I need some calls. Uh, secondly, uh, if you are trying to remember to put out your pre-emergent weed killer for the second time, you're out of time. This is the time. You put out the first application in, uh, in March, early to mid-March, and the second application goes out in early to mid-June. Guess what? That's now. So that's either uh, uh, Weed X with halts or Dimension, or uh, it also could be Bayland. Any of those three granules. doesn't have to be the same as what you used back then. It's one of those three. And those are the three that are most commonly sold. And that will prevent the germination of crabgrass or grass burrs. The, the three products last and, and are effective for about 100 days, hence the 90-day turnaround. You have to, have to apply them before the weeds start to germinate. If you didn't apply them in March, then this application is a waste of time. They're already growing, so it's a waste of time. But if you did make the application in March, this is your time for the second application. So let me get a, 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 an ad out of the way, and then I'm coming right back to Al on the very other side. Again, 888-787-5543. Texas premier roofing contractor serving the entire Metroplex with the finest in roofing since 1986. Who would that be, class? It's Wortham Brothers Roofing Company, my sponsor for many, many years, 972 562-5788, WBRoofing.com. Wortham Brothers, the experience of 100,000 roofs installed. Oh, my goodness, that's a lot. They do all kinds of roofs. They do composition roofs. That's what most of their jobs are. That's what, uh, what certainly we have on our house, and they can do all kinds of looks that you might want with composition roofs, but they also do Slate roofs, metal roofs, clay and concrete tile roofs. They do flat roofs. They do new roofs. They do redone roofs. They do it all. They can do repairs to your roof if you have some kind of a, uh, maybe you had some kind of decay problem. They can get that all fixed up for you. They do it all, and they do it great, I might add. If you think you had hail or wind damage, have them go up on the roof and take a look. They'll take photos and bring them down to you and show you where the problem is. And uh, they are just fabulous. I've been advertising for them for a long time and proud to do so because they do such good work. When they came to our house, they were careful. They were attentive to our landscape. They did their work quickly. They did it well. And then they were done. They left. Don't fall to one of the fly-by-night companies. If you have some kind of damage because of a storm. The Wortham Brothers people know where the storms went. They know the tracks of the storms. They can help you. Uh, they can determine whether it looks like it might be a, uh, a loss that would be something you could file on your insurance. They, they can just say, yes, it, it looks like it'd be worth filing. And, and then you do that from that point on. You take over, and then when you get your settlement, then you call them back, and they come out and, and do the best possible roof of anybody. Love this company. I'm fortunate to have them as an advertiser. Now, again, the contact information. Wortham, W-O-R-T-H-A-M, Wortham Brothers Roofing Company. By the way, a second-generation family business, 
562-5788, wbroofing.com. I'm Alan from Justin Ace Hardware. We're your source for all those great Benjamin Moore paint products. Count on us for friendly service you can trust. Ace is a place with the helpful hardware folks. And now, back to Neil. Thank you, Alan. Great people. And uh, uh, Alan is, is just a gentleman uh, beyond all gentlemen. He's just great. So let me go back to the phone lines. We go to Al and McKinney, who's been waiting. Uh, here is where we left off. We ran out of time in the last hour. He has a Bradford pear that died last year, first one branch and then the entire tree, uh, and and indeed that does sound like cotton root rot. Cotton root rot is a soil-borne fungus that's in our uh, black clay soils. Any alkaline soil uh, will have it. You'll also see it listed as Texas root rot, and about 80% of our uh, landscape uh, species are susceptible to it in to one degree or another but apples and pears are at the top of the list. And uh, so I'll bet you're right, Al, but that is cotton root rot. So when you get ready to replace the, the Bradford pear, uh, was it a shape and size that you liked, or is, do you want something bigger or smaller, or how'd that fit in? I mean, it, it was a decent shape and size. It's, uh, it have two trees in the front yard. Before I get to that, I had one um, one tree I'll, I'll say expert, I guess. I don't know. He says, no, it could have been borers of some sort that took out the tree. But I don't know if that would be the kind of thing. He's also trying to get me to go a maple route for the replacement. And I've read that silver maples, which like the autumn blazes that come from, those are susceptible, highly susceptible as well to the cotton root rot. So, yeah. so I'm a little concerned about that, right? And Right now we have one live and one dead one in the front yard. When we take the dead one down, I'm honestly considering, if I can get away with it with the HOA, having just one canopy tree in the front yard because it's not a big front yard. And, you know, I, I do like the size and shapes of these, although, you know, they killed my grass, so my Bermuda died, and then my next-door neighbor's St. Augustine, I want to keep with that theme for you, has uh, encroached <laughs> on my yard as well. So, <laughs> but Just uh, when I was I celebrating. Just yeah, when I was right. doing the happy dance, no more saying oh, thing call. Um, Al, I, I have I have seen I, this is a random number. I'm gonna pull out of a hat. Five thousand Bradford pears die from cotton root rot, and in my life I have seen zero point zero die from borers. I believe you. Okay. Yeah, I believe. Um, and I have seen. Not 5,000 maples die from cotton root rot, but it will get to 5,000 a lot faster than it will from yeah. anything else. They are highly susceptible. I would not ever plant a maple in that area. Right. Um, my, my suggestion to you for a tree that would give you the quality that you want, would help your house value, uh, would, would grow in the same kind of a teardrop shape that a Bradford pear would, probably would not uh, uh, hurt your grass as much would be a little gem southern magnolia uh, okay. it's uh, it's a beautiful tree uh, that is that that uh, kind of a pear shape and um, it is the a plus plus of mid-sized trees or small trees okay uh, any other small tree that I can think of is going to be susceptible to cotton root rot. I, I, I thought through the various options. I always do. Uh, you, you rule out a redbud probably would be okay, but it's going to have a short life expectancy of probably 25 or 30 years. Okay. Um, and and uh, golden rain tree is susceptible to cotton root rot. Um, just all the way down the line, Mexican plum has some issues that just don't, I don't think it, it's going to be your your main shade tree. The HOA would celebrate to see you come in there with a, a nice, uh, and I think you can find um, the uh, the nice uh, uh, little gems. Uh, there's there's such a shortage of nursery stock, but I believe you can find those. Okay. Um, one other thought too was, you know, it isn't a big front yard, but if we were to go down to just one tree in the front and one in the back, if the HOA lets it. Um, what about like a red oak or I think a schumer might be too big, right? But are you talking about in the in the front yard or the yes or sir? The, yes sir. Are you a cul-de-sac or are you a straight yard? I'm on a I'm on a straight street, straight yard right. with the driveway in it. Um, um, probably thirty five feet 
setback from the street. Are you El Dorado or Stonebridge? Uh, neither. Hidden Creek. Okay, I don't know Hidden Creek that well. Yeah. Um, so many of the houses have small front yards, and they, they plant trees uh, in those front yards, and the trees, uh, especially on the two-story houses, end up leaning away from the houses, and they look bizarre because okay. there isn't enough room for a big tree. Uh, Red right. Oak is, is our second largest tree that we have, okay. second to pecans, so I'd be kind of cautious about that. Um, okay. That's and, a good backyard tree then in my case. It would I, be. Yeah, I have an 80-foot 80, 80 deep backyard, so that'd be perfect. behind it too, yes. Yeah, okay. Schumard Red Oak or Chinkapin Oak would be beautiful. Uh, Chinkapin does not have the fall color, but Red Oaks don't have it every year. Uh, but but uh, either of those would be ideal. They'd be go- okay. gorgeous. And I, I like Chinese pistachios. I don't uh, I don't know about the cotton root rot. I've not seen them have a problem with it. I've only been looking for 55 years. So, you know, maybe it'll show up. <laughs> so okay. Well, I, just, I, get, I, get, I get nervous of any non-native tree right. um, when, when it comes to soil-borne disease. Maybe it just hasn't appeared yet as a, as a threat. I appreciate that. So stay away from the maples. Um, oh, gems yes. Sounds like a great plan for the front. Think about, think about how few maples you see that are 30 years old in the city of McKinney. I've lived here for 45 years. I, I'm in McKinney. My wife's on school board in McKinney. Which, I think of how few I've seen, period. That's right. And, and there's a reason. There is a reason. Yeah, there's a reason. We don't even need to put the qualifier on it. I'll tell you you an oddball tree that I love that would be worth thinking about somewhere in your yard if you ever wanted a a third tree would be a ginkgo, Uh, one of the uh, October glory, the the male grafted ginkgos that don't have fruit. Those are beautiful trees, and they they grow upright. How do you spell that? G-I-N-K-O? G-I-N, yes, K. Geo, it's got it's, yeah. You left out one letter, and they are beautiful. I have three of them, and it's my favorite fall color. It's butter yellow, and just a beautiful tree. Okay. Their vase shape, their branching is unique. They're they're wonderful. Hmm. Okay. They are wonderful trees. You 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 don't see them very often at all. And considered a canopy tree as opposed to a no. It's it's no. It's a, it's ornamental. It's ornamental, yeah. Okay. They they grow too slowly to be a, a canopy. The biggest one I have now is thirty years old and it's about thirty feet tall. Okay. Yeah. All right. I love those. Yeah. Have a great day. Thanks for waiting on me twice. Really appreciate you, Neil. Thank you take so much. Take care. Thank you. Haha. <laughs> bye bye. All right. Uh, let me uh, take a break right now and we'll come back. We have Mike in Rockwall and Jay in North Dallas. And we're switching from Saint Augustine to Craig Myrtles. So that'd be fun. That'd be good. It's a good thing. And uh, good questions. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening is uh, is the subject du jour, or whatever, of the moment. That's not du jour, that's of the day. Didn't do well in my French class. Um, it's thirty two ninety five for the fifth printing, the remaining copies of the fifth printing. The sixth printing is exactly the same, except for two paragraphs in Chapter 1 that make reference to the cold of February 2021 that it happened. And that's it. Exactly the same. And uh, you really need to get this uh, very special deal. Um, Chapter 1 is the basics of gardening in Texas. Chapter 2 is that 48-page perpetual calendar, four pages per month that tell you what you need to plant and prune and fertilize and watch out for in June, in July, in August. What problems are specific to that month? What things do you need to get done specifically in that month? People tell me that chapter alone by far pays for this book. Then chapters 3 through 11 in great detail cover trees and shrubs and vines, ground covers, annuals, perennials, those chapters have large, long charts to help you make the right choices for the plants that you're putting into your flower beds. Then uh, lawns and, and uh, fruit and vegetables. It's all in the book for every county of the state of Texas and southern Oklahoma. Now, there are no maps for southern Oklahoma, but there are maps for the whole state of Texas. And uh, I sign every copy as it sells. 
Uh, it is not in stores. It's not on Amazon. Wouldn't be able to sign it if it were. You buy it directly from my office or my website. Those are the two ways you can get the book, and I guarantee your satisfaction or I'll refund every penny. I have to do that because unless you've seen a friend's copy, you haven't seen the book before you buy it. And so, but in 75,000 copies sold, I have not been asked to refund on any one of those copies. So here are the ways you can get the book. You call my office Monday through Friday from 9 until 5, and that number is 800-752-GROW. 800-752-4769. The better way, though, is to order from the website directly, and that's at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Neil Sperry's Lone Star Gardening. We had foundation repairs at the Sperry House several years ago, so I called my friends. I did the same thing I'm suggesting you do. I called Advanced Foundation Repair. They came to our home. Their estimates are always free. Their work is affordable. It always is, not just for me, for you as well. Give them a call, 214-333-0003. If you need foundation help, it's Advanced Foundation Repair, 214-333-0003. Since 1983, the experts at WhizQ Stone have been a leader across the Metroplex turning landscape dreams into reality. With 22 acres, WhizQ Stone has the largest landscape selection in Texas, including natural stones such as flagstone, boulders, river rock, and more. To experience what WhizQ Stone can do, their large lifestyle display is certainly a place for inspiration. The skilled professionals at WhizQ Stone can help you have the outdoor living area you've always wanted. Check out their product page on their website at whiz-q.com. They can supply not only the hardscape, but the tools to do it yourself. From masonry supplies to landscape supplies to pond and water gardens, WhizQ Stone has what you need to build the lifestyle of your dreams. WhizQ Stone can deliver any product anywhere in the USA. Visit the experts at WhizQ at whiz-q.com or call 817-429-0822. WhizQ Stone, leaders in hardscape and landscaping supplies, helping to build the lifestyle of your dreams. Thank you, Stuby. Let me uh, give you just a word or two of Baylor Scott & White Health. This is quite a healthcare uh, uh, network all across, well, not all across Texas, but across a huge part of Texas. And uh, they have my utmost respect. My wife serves proudly on the board of Baylor Scott & White McKinney and has since before ground was broken for that uh, facility, that wonderful facility. That's where we get much of our health care and uh, the best doctors around are in the Baylor healthcare system. I hope that you'll get in the uh, habit of using Baylor Scott and White uh, 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 medical people because you will be very well served. Now, there's something we can do right now that will be a, a, a real uh, positive, and that is to say thank you to them for all that they have done in the last two and a half years. They have been out there on the front line helping us never giving in, never settling for good enough. It's not not been easy for them to protect us from COVID, but we see them showing up every day and giving every ounce of their energy. So, as listeners here, remember that we uh, have plenty of ways that we can show our appreciation to these frontline workers. Get ourselves vaccinated. Wear our masks. These are great ways to show our support. And share the messages on social media. One more big thank you to Baylor Scott and White Health, especially to the frontline people for all that you have done to keep us all safe. Thank you. Hi, I'm Adele from Plano Ace Hardware. We're your source of those great garden products. Count on us for a friendly service you can trust. Ace is the place with the helpful hardware folks. And now back to Neil. Thank you, Medill, very, very much. We have a line open. If you'd like to call, it's 888-787-KLIF. Let's go to Mike in Rockwall. Mike, this is Neil. Good afternoon. Afternoon, Neil. A question I have is about last season or two, uh, I've seen these dark purple-leafed crepe myrtles at the nurseries, and I want to get your opinion of them, or you have one. Yes, sir. I, I can I can offer that. Okay. Uh, many of the purple leafed ones, um, 
Okay, let me let me back up just a little bit. Um, when I was growing up, uh, most all crepe myrtles were of the species Lagerstromia indica. That's the that's the old original crepe myrtles. You go in old neighborhoods, that's what those crepe myrtles are. And the bane to those crepe myrtles was powdery mildew on the new growth. Dr. Don Egoff at the National Arboretum in the 60s took it upon himself to find a, a way around powdery mildew, and he began to introduce uh, uh, seedlings from Lagerstromia foreii, a, a very rare Japanese species that uh, was brought into the country, and it does not get powdery mildew, and so he started introducing uh, very slowly varieties that he knew to be mildew proof. I'll just say that. I don't think he ever would have used those terms. I got to work alongside him on several occasions. Uh, he was brutal in his testing of powdery mildew. He had 200,000 seedlings, and if they had any mildew, he threw them out. I don't care if they were bright orange or bright blue varieties. They were thrown out if they had any powdery mildew. I might have used him in his breeding program. He probably wouldn't have thrown them out completely, but that's how, how much he worked on them um, and how much he, he wanted to get rid of the mildew. That was first and foremost. All right, so, so I got spoiled by that, and his, his varieties that were introduced had the, the Indian tribal names, the Native American tribal names, like Natchez, and Tuscarora, and Muscogee, and Powhatan, and Pecos, and Sioux, and all the others. Arapahoe introduced 29 varieties. Um, okay, so set that aside. Um, then, when he died in the 90s, uh, his work was taken over by others, and, and some of that work was done uh, by people who were with the USDA and people who were not. Um, and they began, they, they found a way to get this purple coloration, I think through irradiation is what I was told, uh, into the leaves. And they, when they found varieties that had the great coloration, they were introduced whether they were mildew resistant or not. Other things began to be much more important to them than mildew resistance. And so I began to get a lot more worried about whether those varieties would hold up well, would bloom really well, um, would be winter hardy, as winter hardy as Don Egos, because I had seen the best researcher I'd ever known in my life at work. Um, and so I, I'm, I'm a little suspect of some of these purple-leafed ones whether they're going to prove to be mildew resistant because so many varieties were introduced out of some of those breeding programs. So that's a long answer, but I'm a member of the Crape Myrtle Trails of McKinney board, and I need to give a very accurate answer to that because there are those who hold us accountable. The other, the other question on a Crape Myrtle is, I have a Natchez single trunk that's about 30 foot tall, and it looks just like a a big single trunk tree yes, beautiful sir. but i wanted a different color in the yard than white and i didn't know if you knew of another variety of of a, of a deep red that might lend itself to a single trunk. well that's that's where you need any of the the, the large the tall uh varieties and your best bet are going to be there two one is arapaho and one's red rocket those are two that we I recommend from our CrateMyrtleTrails.org website, uh, Arapaho was Don Egoff's last introduction posthumously, and uh, he wanted a red, and he finally got a red. Unfortunately, he didn't live long enough to see it introduced. I is that it, is, it, is that red as red as the Red Rocket? No, uh, Carl Whitcomb introduced Red Rocket and Dynamite, oh, okay. and they are they are a different red. Okay, uh, and. My wife and I were looking at uh, at them yesterday, and she is a music major. She's not a horticulturist, and I uh, just a personal feeling. Uh, it's just personal taste. Arapaho is drop dead gorgeous. It's just uh -huh. beautiful. 
it would be my choice of those two. I'll, I'll look for one. I, I appreciate it's hard. To, it's hard to find. It is. It is as hard as gold in the mountains. It's. It's hard to find, but it's coming right. into the marketplace. We found some for, uh, for Mother's Day for our Mother's Day project this year to give to the kids. But it's. What, what's your opinion of some of these nurseries you order from out of state and they ship them and they seem to have a lot of different crepe myrtles than we have down here. Well, yeah. Be very careful. Um, we, we have bought from them when we had varieties we couldn't find, and sometimes they are not labeled properly. Be very careful. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, thank you, Neil. There, I there are, there are nurseries, uh, uh, in our area that handle a lot of varieties. You have one not far from you, and I'll just give them a plug because they've, they've gone out of their way to handle a lot of crepe myrtles, and that's Covington's in Rowlett. Uh, okay. They they try very hard to have a really nice assortment of crepe myrtles. So hats off to, to Joe Covington and his people. Well, appreciate the info, Neil. Thank you. You bet. Thanks for waiting on me. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. All right. Let's see. I need to get my tiny garden tip in. Jay in North Dallas, uh, I'll help you with your crepe myrtle. It will, uh, he has a 30-year-old crepe myrtle that's starting to die, and he wonders what to do. Jay, one thing that will help me a lot, it's not a deal breaker if you don't know the variety, but that will help a lot if... Uh, uh, if you uh, if you know, we have Paul and Dennison with an American Elm question. So stay with me, guys, and I'll get right to you. Arborological Services. I, I apologize for the length of that answer on the um, on the purple leafed varieties, but I felt that you needed to hear that because there are things more than just the purple foliage that you need to think about when you start buying crepe myrtles. Just a thought. Arborological services, the experts your trees deserve. There's not a a way that a company can start and be any better in their industry than what Arborological Services has done in their 41 years in the business. They started out of a, I think it was a Volkswagen van, I think with a ladder. They don't even use ladders now. You won't find a ladder on any of their trucks. They have the finest tree climbers in Texas working on their teams. They have hired over those years uh, more certified arborists than any other company, more than most companies have combined. That's not a truthful statement, but they have 12, and most companies have one or two. They're just fabulous. And they've won the Arborist of the Year designation for three of their key leaders of the company, Steve Hauser, Kevin Bassett, and Russell Peters. That's pretty awesome. Uh, most companies would be thrilled to have one of their principal people have that designation. There's only one person a year in the state that gets that. But beyond all of that is the care that they give your tree or your trees. Nobody will take better care of your trees than Arborological Services. They're the only people who will ever touch my trees as long as I'm around. They're just that good. Arborological Services, serving Dallas and Tarrant Counties, Southern Denton and Collin Counties. They have a toll-free number, but it's just because there's so many area codes locally. It's not because they're national. They are strictly local. 866-552-7267. Arborological.com. Arborological Services, 866-552-7267. On Facebook, it's Arborological Services, Inc. Twitter, at The Tree Experts. Arborological.com. Arborological Services. Dallas-Fort Worth, it's Glenn Beck. The Pentagon raised the possibility of sending National Guard troops to the U.S. Capitol four days before January 6th, setting into motion a series of rejections by Capitol Police and Democrats that were left vulnerable as threats of violence were rising. Join me from 9 till noon live from the Metroplex right here on Real News and Information 570 KLIF. Neil and Neil Sperry's can't get my name right. eGardens is my free electronic newsletter. It comes from my computer to your email box on Thursdays just a little after 6 p.m. I want it to be like an old-fashioned garden section written by people you can trust I write most of it. That sounded a little self-serving, didn't it? Uh, Diane Sitton writes a story each month, and uh, Stephen Shambly writes a story each month. And uh, 
It's all aimed right at your Texas landscape and garden. I always have a featured plant of the week, something that's pertinent for that time of the year. I always have gardening this weekend with the most important things you need to accomplish in the ensuing three days. And we always have questions that have been sent in that are pertinent to that time of the year. Now, that's Niels Perry's eGardens. If you want to see what it looks like right where you sign up for it, go to my website. Same place you go to buy my book, Lone Star Gardening. That's at neilsperry.com. And uh, that's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. Then click on eGardens. It's time now for a little bitty garden tip. I think you'll find it useful. can cause us some frustration in our landscapes and gardens. How about dogs digging in beds? This may be from boredom, in which case you need to get your dog more exercise and maybe a hobby. However, dogs also like to burrow in cool soil in the summer. Most of our dogs' digging stopped when I built them a small raised deck out of some leftover redwood. It's in the shade, and it's out of sight from the rest of the landscape, and the dogs love it. It seems to meet all their needs very well, and the digging has been reduced to a minimum. Cats digging in beds. This is quite a different situation. It can be most unpleasant if you enjoy planting your flowers and vegetables with your hands. It involves changing your cat's life patterns and will assume that you don't keep a litter box inside the house. Find a spot toward the back of the garden. It needs to be behind the shrubs, out of sight to the rest of your yard, and downwind as well. Remove several inches of the native soil and replace it with sand. The cat will find the sand and will prefer that. I have more gardening tips for you each Thursday evening in eGardens, my free weekly electronic newsletter. Sign up at neilsperry.com. All right, thank you, sir. Let me tell you about Ace Hardware right now in this ad that proves that I'm not entirely sure what I'm talking about, and you'll see why in just a moment. It uh, is Ace Hardware, the people who have helpful hardware folks right there in the store for you. They will greet you when you come in the door. They will say, we're glad you came in. How can we help you? And they'll really mean it. It won't be something just kind of thrown over their shoulder as they walk away from you. They'll be right there to help you and direct you to the person who is the specialist on whatever it is you need, whether it's paint or plumbing or whether it is uh, garden supplies. Now, they have local experts who know the conditions. Stop by your locally owned North Texas Ace retailer to find a great deal on Ego 530 CFM 56-volt battery-powered blowers for $179. The Ego Power Plus 530 cubic foot a minute blower is the next big step up in power and convenience for Ego cordless blowers. Equipped with turbine fan engineering inspired by advanced aeronautics technology. Here we go. The compact, lightweight design weighs in at 7.4 pounds with the included 2.5 AH battery. Mike, you need to tell me what that is. The advanced Eagle Power Plus 56-volt arc lithium battery uses industry-leading technology to deliver power beyond belief, and it's compatible with all Ego Power Plus products. That means you can take that battery and put it on this other piece of equipment and that other piece of equipment. The What I will tell you is that at a meeting I attended about six or seven weeks ago of the Ace Hardware dealers, they were so excited by being uh, able to handle the Ego product line. They love this uh, whole set of uh, Ego products, and uh, they'd be happy to show it to you, demonstrate it, whatever. But they also have that special price of 179 on the Ego 530 cubic foot per minute, 56-volt battery-powered blower. That's Ego at Ace Hardware, the helpful hardware folks. On the next Markley Van Camp and Robin show. You know what we do. Try to make sense of it all and have some fun at the same time. Emphasis on having fun. Then why do you yell so much? I don't know why. Markley Van Camp and Robbins. Weekdays at noon on 570 KLIF. All right, let's talk about my website. I'll do it really quickly. NeilSperry.com. That's where you buy my book. That's the only place you can buy my book that or call my office. That's N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. That's the best place to buy my book. It's where you sign up for eGardens. We've told you about that several times in the last 10 minutes. And it's also where you can see my 1001 Frequently Asked Questions archived. 
Uh, what else we have? I also have Rose Rosette Virus Explained and Crick Myrtle Bark Scale Explained. A lot of other information at neilsperry.com. N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y dot com. I'm David Agnew with Traeger Woodfire Grills. You can see them at all North Texas Ace Hardware stores. Ace is the place with Traeger Grills and the helpful hardware folks. All right, David, thank you very, very much. Let's go back to the phone lines. As promised, we go to Jay in North Dallas. Jay, thanks for waiting. How can I help you? Yeah, thanks, Neil. I have got a, a, it's a volunteer crepe myrtle. I don't know the species. It, it's a dark, one of the dark pink varieties that probably came up from a, a sister tree that's about 10 or 12 feet away across a driveway. So this grew up in a bundle of probably 12 to 14 trunks that are now you know four to each of them four to six inches um, diameter so it, it's been pretty healthy for a long time but i don't know if it's just run its course you know this even before the freeze i started seeing some of the trunks start to uh, wilt uh, they you know, die back and split all the way to the ground so i've taken some of those out but this spring i'm no, i'm noticing more of them also beginning to die back and only a few of them have started to put on buds so I don't know whether it's time to just take it out. Um, there's a healthy, even older tree across the driveway, and there's a, 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 health, a very uh, nice natchez about 15 feet away. So um, I don't know whether to just take this one out and let the other two go or, or if there's anything to save there on this one. All right. And you say that this began last year after the cold? No, it actually started. I took some trunks out before the freeze. Um I'd notice it starting to, you know, like I said, kind of browning at the tips or, or failing to put on leaves in the spring. Um, but it had but Asian spring of 2021 or, or just of before this year? that, probably 19 or 20. Okay. Uh, I, it had been surrounded by Asian jasmine, so I pulled all of that off to kind of yeah, get that, it. Yeah, that uh, wouldn't do anything. I, I have okay. to confess, my next call is on an American elm that might be rotting inside, and I was, I, I got the two calls jumbled. And when you, you start talking about the anyway, I was thinking about about that, and and then I realized, oh man, I should have been listening to when you said it uh, started to die back. So I I I, I want to make sure I have the right uh, facts before I start answering yours. Um, sure. Okay, so crepe myrtles normally, if it's only thirty years old, don't die back unless there is is something uh, going on with them. This is in full sun. Uh, well, less sun because the Natchez has grown up taller than it is, and so it's probably getting less sun. Uh, it's on the the north side of a house, so it, it it gets it is getting less sun. So I'm thinking that could be part of the issue as well. Yes, it surely could. They need full sun. If it gets a lot less than full sun, then then it uh, uh, would uh, would go downhill. Normally, normally it would just get kind of sparse and leggy. It wouldn't die back in in uh, in those terms, um, I have seen so many crepe myrtles that were hurt by the cold of February 2021 that, uh, the, but I haven't seen very much where they have just died back over the last several years. Um, if if you have entire trunks that are dead, um, then obviously you've done the right thing in removing those. Are you seeing any kind of a flush of new sprouts coming up from the base? of the of the yes. overall plant yes yeah the root base or ball has it, most sides of it have new growth that i have to, to snip off you know during the spring uh, right. even some of the some of the ones that are dead at the top have put on new growth maybe up to six or eight feet so right. i don't know whether let me let me uh down. let me give you a, a couple of answers and then you're going to get to make the decision of what you do uh if this if this plant were by itself out in the middle of a of a yard full sun, perfect conditions, just it's out there by itself, and you describe the kind of dieback you're describing, my suggestion would be to, to cut it completely to the ground, try to leave as many of those, those new shoots as possible in place to become the new trunks, assuming you wanted to save the plant. Uh, they would become yeah. the new trunks. We had to do that with probably 25 plants at the World Collection Park of our crepe myrtle collection of all the known varieties. We had to do that last year after the cold. That was because of cold damage. 
and those that we cut back in May of 2021, by late September of 2021, uh, 80% of them were eight or nine feet tall. I mean, they came back faster than Johnson grass. They were really rampant because the roots were fine. It was just the tops that got frozen. All right, in, in that case, I'm not saying that these that your plant froze. I'm just saying whatever killed it back, if it's, if it's sending out new shoots at the bottom, if you wanted to save it, you could cut all the dead stuff out. You could cut all of it back and, and let the new shoots become the new stems. If it's shaded by the Natchez, the same thing's going to happen to it again. Yeah. Uh, so I don't know that you're gaining anything. It may be time to take it out. Wish I could see it. That would help me give you a, a, a better answer for your exact situation. But it sounds like yeah. it probably needs to be removed and, and or, or moved and put in a better position. Yeah, it's, it's had a very gnarly root ball. Like I said, it came up as a volunteer, and, and I, I didn't take out any of the trunks. So well, it, I think you probably just need to many. remove it. And if you want yeah. another crepe myrtle somewhere else, buy yourself a name variety and a nice new plant right. and go on with life. But, but yeah, that's, 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 that's kind of where I am. It's like yeah. it served us well. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Okay. All right. I appreciate the feedback. Yeah. Thank, Thank you, you, sir. Have a great day. Okay. Take care. You too. All right. Let's see. Let me look at my clock. Um, Paul, I'm going to I'm gonna get my last break in, and then I will come to you. Folks, I need another call or two to get to the end of the program, so I'd love to hear from you at 888-787-KLIF, 888-787-5543. Neil Spray's Lone Star Gardening. What's in it for you? Well, a lot of information. Let's say uh, you need to, to know what plants you can set out in the, uh, in the heat of the summer. What color plants can you use? There are lots of great plants that you can set out in the heat of the summer. What are the best ones? Well, that's in this book. It'll show you what can be planted in, uh, in June and July to give you color of the balance of the summer and all the way through the fall. When do you plant your fall garden? How do you figure back from the first freeze? It's in there in perfect detail of how you determine when you plant tomatoes. Do you know that you're within about three weeks of the proper time for planting tomatoes? How about peppers? How about cabbage? How about corn? It's all in here for every county in Texas. It explains how to determine when the proper planting time would be for fall vegetables. The fall vegetable crop is usually more productive than the spring vegetable crop if you plant at the proper time. What insects and diseases are likely to show up during the summer? Insects become a real problem as our plants are challenged by the hot weather. How often should you water? How deeply should you water? What do plants look like when they're stressed? All of that is included in this book. 840 photos, 344 pages, a huge amount of information covering every aspect of landscaping and gardening in Texas for every county of the great state. Your satisfaction is completely guaranteed or I'll refund every penny you spend. And uh, you uh, can buy the book either through my website or by calling my office Monday through Friday, business hours. The office it's only thirty two ninety five. As long as I have copies of the fifth printing, it's only thirty two ninety five. It will go to thirty eight ninety five when I exhaust that supply. Here is the phone number for my office, Monday through Friday, eight to five. It's eight hundred seven five two grow nine to five, I should say. Eight hundred seven five two four seven six nine. The better way though is to order the book right now at neilsperry.com, N-E-I-L-S-P-E-R-R-Y.com. At Lance Landscape Lighting, our certified electricians and designers can upgrade your outdoor lights, even vintage fixtures, to energy-efficient LED technology with just the right balance of warm and cool lights. Lance will illuminate the distinctive features of your home from every angle, every night. Let Lens create a nightscape that no matter how you look at it, makes your home shine. Lens Landscape Lighting, we light the way you live. For more info, go to LensLighting.com. LensLighting.com. Hello, friends. This is Tommy Brummett, pastor of First United Methodist Church in downtown McKinney, inviting you to join us for worship. You can join us in person in McKinney and in Melissa, or join us online. Find out all options at sharingtheheart.org. First United Methodist Church, 
where the love of God is proclaimed and everyone is welcome. Hope you'll join us. That's our church, 315 North Church Street, northwest of downtown McKinney by a couple of blocks. We are the only church left on Church Street. So there you are. Come see us. And that uh, all the information of the service times at sharingtheheart.org. Advanced Foundation Repair. I hope you never need them, but if you do, I'm so glad that they are there for you. And uh, I had to say that to myself at one time. We used their services. We had one big room in our house, our sunroom. It had been a, a screen porch that just didn't work out in the country, too much dust and dirt. And uh, so we, we enclosed it, had a room made of it, and uh, the slab pour didn't go well. <laughs> it really didn't go well. And um, our builder just uh, didn't have the piers, didn't have any piers. And so, sure enough, it wasn't too many years until we had to call Advanced Foundation Repair, and they got the job done. They did a beautiful job. When uh, the Advanced Foundation Repair team comes to your house, they'll have equipment. They do a very sophisticated job of finding the uh, ups and downs of your foundation. They'll show you where the problems are, how extensive they are, what they are exactly. And uh, then they'll tell you what they will do to correct those problems. That's advanced foundation repair leaders in their industry. Nobody will do you a better job than advanced foundation repair. And they guarantee their work for the lifetime of your home, transferable from owner to owner to owner. They were the ones who pioneered that. They were the ones who brought their industry forward so far. That's why I'm proud to represent them to you here. Advanced Foundation Repair, 214-333-0003, foundationrepairs.com. It's Advanced Foundation Repair, 214-333-0003. I'm Mark from Benberg Ace Hardware. I own my Ace Hardware store because I want to help your family, and I'm proud of my team that's there to serve you. We're Ace, the helpful hardware folks. And now back to Neil. Thank you, Mark, very, very much. Let's go to Paul in Denison, who's been waiting patiently. Paul, this is Neil. Good morning. Good afternoon. How can I help you? Good, Good morning. Thanks for my, taking my call. Yes, sir. Um, we've got this. Uh, uh, we built. Uh, we bought a, a new house in an old neighborhood in this beautiful American oak, uh, American elm. I'm sorry, the oak trees are up front, mm-hmm. um, and it had a lot of dead branches on it. The, everything else seems healthy, uh, but uh, somebody had cut off a um, fairly large branch uh, right next to the trunk. And after we moved in, it started oozing sap and became like that fermented stuff, mm-hmm. fungal stuff. And we treated it with uh, Clorox and water, and it's it's dried up. It's got new growth coming out of that stump, but um, the uh, we just the other day, um, the um, big branch. a large, not a, not really a big branch, but a branch fell off the tree. It was a live branch. It has lots of leaves on it, and the center of it has you know dead wood. It's it's not rotten, but it's brown and dead. Right. And we're buried. Uh, this thing's close enough to the house um, that uh, it could do some damage if it ever fell down so we're yeah well let me let me tell you you're very wise to be concerned about it when we bought our property there were two american elms one was 44 inches in diameter not circumference the other was 48 inches and in the middle of one night they, they were down by the creek and in the middle of one night the 44 inch tree fell we didn't hear it didn't wake us up but i saw it the next morning it was in a an area that was briar deep. I mean, chest deep in briars. I hadn't gone down there yet. We'd only been there for a year or two, and I hadn't cleared that brush, maybe five years. I don't know. It was just not an area that I had targeted yet. We have 11 acres. and But I did go down and look, and that tree was hollow. There was a cylinder of, of living tissue probably four inches thick around the outer edge. Well, I looked at the remaining tree. It had fallen away from the house. I looked at the remaining tree, and it would have taken out my entire landscape, backyard landscape, if it had come toward toward the house. It was coming the other direction, our way. 
and it was a bigger tree, and um, and I could see that the top was dying out. I could see that there was a, a swarm of bees coming out of a, a, a stub way up high of a branch that had died and decayed back, so I knew it was hollow. And sure enough, when they I hired the sponsor you hear me having uh, doing ads for, when they took it down, it was hollow. I could have stood inside that tree. Wow. So they lose yeah. all of That's the senescence of a tree. That's what happens to them. I would suggest yeah, you have, or, have a certified yeah, arborist look at it. Yeah. Yeah, that's probably what we got to do. This thing has four trunks. Well, I, I can't. Tree. Yeah, I, the descriptions aren't going to serve very well here. But, but uh, an arborist can look at that and tell. But the fact it's oozing, the fact that uh, all everything you described does lead me to think that there is uh, not just decay, but maybe even hollowed areas in it that won't give it any strength. And it could come yeah. down on a still night almost without warning. So I'd be very cautious. Yeah. Okay. Appreciate it. I think you're right on target to have somebody look at it very quickly. So. Uh, make sure you have a certified arborist, and if you have somebody take it down, make sure they are bonded. And uh, in the case of our tree, the the arborist said, here is where we're going to put this tree down. They took a 65-foot tree and put it all in an area the size of our dining room table. Every piece of that tree came within that area. I've never seen anything like it. It's just amazing. So good luck with it. Thanks for calling. Let me go to Lisa in Coppell. Lisa, I have about a minute. How can I help you? So I lost a cat recently, and I just got the ashes back, and I was thinking, should I just put them in the ground, or might they help something like the hydrangea bush outside the window that my cat liked to look out of? Oh, that's sweet. Well, I, I, think, they would, I think they would be fine with the hydrangea. I don't think they'll hurt anything. And okay. uh, if that was her favorite place, um, I think I don't know that you – Specified gender, I'll just assume, <laughs> and uh, I would, um, uh, I would, I would use them there. I think that would be perfect. Would you dig them into the soil a little bit, or would you just heap them up along top? I, no, I'd probably put them down a little way so that they're out of harm's way, just down gotcha. several inches. Yeah. Thank you. Appreciate I'm it. I'm sorry for your loss. Yes. Thank, Thank you, you for the mm-hmm. call. Thank you. All right. Folks, that's it for this day. I'll be on WBAP tomorrow morning with my program there, and I'd welcome you there. Mike Bass is there with me, too. I'm the lucky guy on that one. And that's at 8.20 a.m. from 8 until 10 tomorrow morning. Thank you for listening very, very much. And until next week or tomorrow, whichever comes first, happy gardening.